Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast, but before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This podcast has been brought to you by Paleo Valley. They are one of my favorite companies because their products are super pure, full of incredible ingredients. And I want to tell you about their meat sticks. They have 100% grass-fed beef, pasture-raised turkey meat sticks that my family and I love. My kids love these because they have tons of flavor. They're completely free of carbs and sugar, and they have probiotics in them as well. So they're great for your gut, great for supporting your appetite, your satiety levels. They help you uh, feel satiated, and they help you burn fat for fuel. They're gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, GMO-free, and preservative-free. So they are the top of the line. They've got some great flavors that you will absolutely love. And now you can use my coupon code, Jockers, just my last name, J-O-C-K-E-R-S, to get 15% off your order today. Simply go to their website, paleovalley.com, and enter Jockers at checkout, and you'll receive 15% off your entire purchase. The link and discount code are also available in the show notes of today's episode. Once you try these meat sticks, you won't be able to get enough. I mean, my kids love these, my family loves these, and I know you will as well. So try them out, Paleo Valley, and I know you're going to love them. Hey guys, on this podcast, I am interviewing a woman named Pamela Worth who wrote a book called Hello Health, Navigating and Winning Better Cognitive and Immune Function. And she has a great story with her son who was diagnosed with PANDAS, which means Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorders Associated with Streptococcal Infections. And so it's a a condition that um, is rarely diagnosed and it's growing in number, however, and more and more association with uh, with this kind of strep infection that uh, affects and causes inflammation in in and around the brain. And so in some cases, autoimmune related, other cases, just chronic inflammation related. But she's got an interesting story. And we go through some of the key nutritional principles that she was able to use to turn her son's life around. I know you guys will enjoy this podcast. And if you wouldn't mind taking a moment and leaving us a five-star review, your reviews help us reach more people and impact more lives. And also, if you haven't subscribed to our channel, please do that now. That way you get notified anytime that we put up a new podcast on Tuesday and Thursday and uh, you never miss any of this information. So with that said, thanks for subscribing. Thanks for leaving a review and we'll go into the show. 
Well, hey, everybody, welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast. We're excited about this episode because we are going to be talking about a condition that most people don't know anything about. It's called PANDIS. We're going to talk a lot about autoimmunity to the brain and how this is affecting a lot of the kids in our society today are being affected by this. It's being misdiagnosed or underdiagnosed. And a lot of people are suffering unnecessarily. And we've got a great guest. This is Pamela Worth. And she is the author of the book, Hello Health. And she's the co-founder of Hello Health Nutrition, which is committed to empowering courageous parents and their children with nutritional, accessible, and innovative therapeutic formulas that help children reach their full potential with a specific focus on doctor-supported treatments for children with autoimmune and autism spectrum disorders. So Pamela, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's say I just started reading your book, Hello Health, which is a great, great read. And we'll have a link in the show notes. You guys can check it out. Um, and, you know, it was really uh, just um, enthralled with the story about you and your son and what you guys went through. So I'd love for you to start with that. Yeah, you bet. Um, you know, it, it kind of started like any other normal thing. I mean, you've got this perfectly normal five-year-old and then um, it was about January. Um and uh, just like normal winter crud, you know, he got uh, what I thought was a cold and then he had a slight fever and then, um, you know, was sick for like normal kids are with runny nose and, you know, whatever. And, and then it was probably two to three weeks later that all of a sudden we started to see uh, ticks, excessive hand washing, eyes constantly dilated, which was odd, was really obsessed with um, certain habits and doing things in a certain order, was scared was afraid for his life, um, you know, had motor and vocal challenges. Uh, the teachers noticed it. Um, obviously we noticed it. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding when I say we went to probably five or six different doctors within a two to three week time span, just trying to figure out what was going on. And we heard, uh, things like kids will be kids. Don't worry about it. Um, it's allergies, you know, uh, it's that time of year. Uh, don't worry about it. It'll, it'll wear off. Um, Another doctor said, hey, I'd like to check him into the hospital for a couple of weeks. I mean, at this point, he's barely six years old. I'm like, no way. Um, and then uh, another doctor said, hey, you know, for the depression, when we put him on Prozac, and I'm thinking, no, it's not, it's too soon. Um, another doctor said, uh, you know what, he's now on the spectrum. You're going to have to take care of him the rest of his life. And I was like, no, no, that doesn't feel right either. Um, and so finally found a, a neurologist that said, Hey, I'd like to pull some blood and find out, you know, what's really going on. And I was like, my goodness, that, that is actually music to my ears trying to figure out the why. And, uh, it turned out he had a viral infection, which is one of the most common viral infections that kids get called CMV. Turned out he had high streptiders, which is a, a form of, or a sign of a, a strep infection that's active in the body, but he had never had strep throat and still always mm. tested negative for a strep throat. So that was kind of eye-opening that you could actually have a strep throat without having a strep throat. Um, and then he had low D3, low B12, mm. uh, a genetic uh, marker called MTHFR, which kind of scared me at first. Mm. And then I realized that it's pretty prevalent in today's society. And it's very easily taken care of by just taking a daily methylfolate and, and restricting folic acid out of your diet. Um, and then, you know, the doctor said, hey, you know, what's he eating? Which was kind of music to my ears because not everybody, you know, really wants to talk about that. And I said, well, you know, I, yeah. I frankly was one of those mothers that would give in to the chicken fingers, macaroni and cheese, um, 
stop the temper tantrum, you know, whatever it takes to get them fed. And then realized that I wasn't necessarily doing them any favors that way either. Um, and started to restrict a lot of the just empty nutritional carbohydrates, I'll call it. Um, and started forcing the issue of, Hey, I'm sorry, but this is the dinner and this is what we're all having. And, um, really made some changes that way, which was pretty dramatic and hard for the first month or two. And then, you know, it just became much easier. Um, mm-hmm. fast forward, he's fine. Um, he's a teenager. You would never know that there was ever a challenge. He's doing great in school, great in sports. Um, and I look back and, oh, and then there was even another doctor that wanted us to put him on IVIG on a monthly basis, which cost thousands of dollars. It was unclear if insurance would cover it. It would have required a port in his chest, which for somebody with a compromised immune system, which is what the neurologist told us was happening because his body was just basically under attack from itself. Um, that really didn't seem like a good idea. And when I follow and I keep in touch with those, those friends now that we made over this time period, uh, they're not any better off than they were then. Um, and so I'm, I'm just, uh, just continue to ask why, 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 and, uh, get to the bottom of the why and start fixing the why instead of the if, or the, the symptom, I suppose is the better way to say it. And then, you know, the, the neurologist really taught us about a lot about inflammation. Um, and inflammation is obviously the cause of all disease, but that doesn't necessarily resonate with people on a day-to-day basis. They're like, yeah, sure. Inflammation, blah, blah, blah. And you know, everything we do, there are some ways to reduce inflammation. Um, you, you obviously can't reduce all of it, but there's certainly different ways to reduce or mitigate inflammation. So it's been a real learning curve. So what a story. And, um, so tragic. I, you know, I have little ones, I have twin five-year-olds, so I can only imagine if they started going downhill that quickly, um, you know, how scary that would be. And, you know, just reading through your story, you weren't satisfied with the answers that you were getting. And, um, you know, obviously, fortunately, you got some good tests run that helped clue things in. Right. But, um, how let's talk about what pandas is right if you can define that for us how prevalent it is and um you know really how this is affecting children's brains yeah i mean uh basically what happens is you're either overcome i mean and and there's a lot of controversy around this it's finally getting recognized by the nih um but a lot of controversy you know especially in the beginning when i was going through this that this even, even exists but thankfully we're starting to see more and more collaboration and knowledge around the fact that there is this gut brain connection. And so when you've got an unhealthy gut, you've got an unhealthy cognitive situation going on, and that can come out in a variety of ways. Um, And many times we see these triggers, whether it's a trigger from environmental or an infection of a sort that just kind of lights a, it's like a match that lights off a reaction. And um, for him, it was the viral and the bacterial infection crossed the blood-brain barrier and was that match that uh, started affecting mood, motor, and vocal. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've had some doctors uh, tell me that this is as prevalent as one in every 20 kids in America, which is a really wild number to even think about. Mm. But then I think to all of the folks that I know um, that use... Uh, certain medications to mask certain mood disorders or, or cognitive disorders. Um, it's not that far-fetched to think that maybe uh, before we start to put, and I'm not, I'm not an anti-medicine person at all. Sure. Yeah. Um, I had my, I had one of my kids on ADD medicine for many, many years. Um, 
Um, and it helped him very much. Uh, but I think had I known what I know now, I could have treated his gut and treated with nutrition first mm-hmm. and then layered in the medication uh, rather than going straight to medication. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm right there with you. I've seen so many kids turn around their health and, and adults, of course, by getting to the root cause and, and starting to address lifestyle, nutrition plays such a role. So what were some of the big things that you did from a nutrition perspective? Uh, so we got rid of gluten in the house uh, for a good year. Uh, we, we, we do minimize it now. Um, and then uh, also made sure that every single meal uh, includes a little bit of fruit, a little bit of vegetables. Um, those are awfully hard to get down kids. And so what I would do is make, um, I would saute things like spinach and cauliflower and mushrooms and things and chop them up really fine and hide them in like meat loaf cupcakes topped with, you know, mm-hmm. mashed potatoes or just putting them in, you know, the meatloaf pan or making homemade meatballs, which sounds so arduous and hard. But then if you can just kind of train your brain to start thinking about some of these things, um, when you do have down moments and throw them in the freezer, it's much easier to bring them out and then cook them in the marinara sauce or throw them in the oven or something. It just becomes that much simpler. Um, smoothies, big, big, big fan. Um, mm-hmm. I, when I first bought that Vitamix, I thought, my Lord, what a waste of money. But um, it's turned out to become the most amazing thing ever because you can literally throw anything in there, including a little bit of um, masking uh, like peanut butter or something that just kind of helps mask the taste of some of this stuff. And yeah. um, it just, um, you know, can get it down the hatch. And even just a little, little bit makes such a difference um, in terms of nutrition. Um, let's see here. Obviously, you know, making sure that you're using the ground turkey and the chicken breast and things that, you know, are some clean proteins. And then sugar is a huge, huge thing that we got rid of. That yeah. was a really hard one. Um, because I was raised in a household where making a Sunday treat was a way of showing love and Mm -hmm. uh, there's different ways of, of showing love. And we've come to appreciate some of the other ways of creating special dishes that don't necessarily involve a ton of added sugar. So yeah, it was a big, big, big one. And to this day, I don't do Sunday desserts, which, you know, it's kind of, kind of stinks, but kind of good at the same time because we're all in such better health because of it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So the big changes you made were you took out gluten, you removed sugar, or at least minimized it and then try to get as much whole foods, just real foods into his diet as possible. Yeah. And then on the flip side, we ended up pulling all the carpet out of our house after we did Mm. a lot of research on, you know, all the chemicals that come out of that and the dust that hides and uh, just, uh, you know, there's, and I I go into a lot more of it on some of the stuff that we did, but just kind of taking a look at our lifestyle and doing some research on what causes inflammation and how to reduce inflammation and just started to take away the things that made sense. Yeah. Most people don't realize that carpet has a lot of flame retardants and volatile organic compounds, VOCs that uh, drive up inflammation in the body. They're carcinogenic, they're poisonous for the brain. You know, most people don't also don't realize that the, that a pregnant mom, um, you know, is, is, has got a lot of these chemicals and a lot of them actually cross the umbilical cord and start to affect inflammatory levels in the brains of, of babies, right. As they're developing in the fetus, right. Kind of giving them just a little bit more of a disadvantage and then they get out in the world and they're exposed to all this kind of stuff. And, you know, for, for some of them, it can be a perfect storm that ultimately ends up leading to massive inflammation in the brain, like what happened here with your son. And, 
you know, I know that they found the obviously the the high strep antibodies, and I thought that was that was interesting because I, you know, when when I'm thinking through, I don't actually see patients anymore, but I did for many years, and I still have a health coaching team that uh, we see we see clients, and we go through everything. We go through things like mold. Um, heavy metal toxicity, you know, we think through everything, Lyme disease, all this kind of stuff. But you know what? I have not thought, oh, there could be a strep infection, like a remnant strep infection. That's not something that normally comes into my mind because I, you know, it just hasn't been in my world really until I read your book here. And so kind of really brought that out, you know, as far as, hey, this could be an underlying factor. And so was that similar with a lot of the doctors that you were working with? They just didn't even consider this? Didn't even think about it. I mean, who would? Yeah. You know, it's also kind of one of those things where, you know, when your kids are in school, there's constantly the note that comes home, there was a strep, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Now, of course, there's the COVID stuff, but typically it's just the strep. And, uh, you know, I usually didn't think anything about it. Now, you know, whenever one of those comes home, I'm kind of on guard, like, all right, let's keep an eye on this and make sure nothing crazy happens. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. And you also had high strep antibodies too. I did. So uh, I had a lot of strep throat as a kid. Uh, yeah. Didn't even didn't even cross my mind that I could potentially be a carrier. And then, uh, sure enough, uh, when we got because you know he, he would kind of get better and then get worse. And so the doctor said, "Hey, you know, I think I think there's still strep going on in his world." And I said, "Well, shoot, how is that possible?" And she said, "Did you check the pets or the family?" And I said, "The pets." And she said, yeah, pets can be strep carriers too. So wow. thankfully the, our, our dogs were fine and uh, kind of funny. I was the one that was the problem. So I got my tonsils out, got treated for that particular type of strep that was causing the problem. And then, uh, cause you don't, you know, that's the other thing is when they give you a, an antibiotic, you don't know if that antibiotic is actually treating the problem or not. They really should right. do some sort of culture and find out what exactly is going on. Probably easier said than done, but uh, that would sure be nice. Yeah, for sure. And they can also culture to see if whatever bacterial infection you have has resistance to a specific antibiotic as well, rather than just kind of going to whatever their their favorite antibiotic is. So yeah. obviously the only the only antibiotic you should take is the one that works. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think back to all the time in, in college and, and later where they would just throw me a Z-pack and I, I'm not sure that that's necessarily helpful. So yeah. And then, you know, what ends up happening is you end up creating more antibiotic resistance within your system, which makes any sort of infections even harder to kill. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in general, we think of the, especially in natural health, we look at the tonsils and we think hey, that's, that is a very important organ because it's kind of the first line of defense, right? Houses of immune cells. It's the first line of defense preventing, you know, any sort of infections from getting further down into the system. We have a whole check and balance system. There's a lot of pathogens that are constantly trying to get into our body and mm -hmm. uh, obviously getting in through our mouth, getting down into the, the stomach. You know, we've got stomach acid to help kill them. There's certain enzymes in our saliva that help kill them. There's the tonsils that are unleashing immune cells. Um, but in some cases, uh, you know, it may be necessary to take the tonsils out. And that's what happened here with your son and, and as well with yourself. Yeah. And that's the craziest thing is they looked healthy on the outside, whatever that means. So yeah. you would have known that there was anything going on in there. So maybe someday somebody will come up with some sort of mechanism for figuring out if there's a challenge, or maybe it's just a combination of blood work and, and then figuring it out from there. I don't know. but Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, also, you know, when you're nutrient deficient, like, and you had mentioned MTHFR, right? Yeah. 
Um, you know, vitamin D also plays a really big role. If you're vitamin D deficient, your body's just not going to have the, the same immune response. And so that may make one individual more susceptible, right, to developing the strep infection or the cytomegalovirus or Epstein-Barr or something along those lines, one of these other types of infections, then somebody that, um, you know, is vitamin D, has has good healthy vitamin D levels. Yeah. Maybe they have, you know, proper, I mean, I think every single person has at least a heterozygous MPHFR, one of their MPHFR genes. I think the one that's that could be a little more concerning is the homozygous where you, you don't have, um, you have two, mismatched enzymes basically, right? So two enzymes that are not working as well as opposed to one that's not working as well. That makes you more susceptible and, and you have greater needs for things like folate and B12 and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, this is, uh, you know, this underlying nutritional status kind of walking into some sort of uh, an, uh, an inflammatory assault is a huge factor. Yeah, a lot of people don't don't recognize that. Um, and I, I really wish they would. And there's some interesting statistics that say that nearly half of the population could have, you know, a couple of, of, um, a couple of, 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 um, matching as, as you call it said that actually could make a big difference if you would just, you know, address that and then take a daily D3 and a B12. Although a lot of people do not, um, handle a, a, a B as well as they could or should. Um, right. But Yeah. And you got You want to get the right forms of B vitamins. I know you mentioned that in your book as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be the methyl. Yeah. So you're looking for the methyl forms, right? And some of the key ones would be like, for example, B6, the pre-activated form is called P5P. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your folate would be methylfolate, Mm -hmm. right? And B12 would be methyl B12 or methylclobomaline, which is the right form. And that's the form that's the activated form that you're going to use. Otherwise you have another step that you got to go through in order to activate it. And if you have mm-hmm. a sluggish enzyme, you're not gonna be able to activate it effectively. And your body could be burdened trying to deal with that, trying to activate it and um, not be able to absorb, you know, the, and, and utilize folate effectively. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it is very, very critical. Now, what are some other things? Obviously you made these nutrition changes. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start, let's talk about some of the things you guys did uh, as well to help him heal his gut, maybe supplements, things like that. Yes. So daily probiotics, prebiotics, um, again, uh, you know, the guts made up of good and bad bacteria. Uh, the bad bacteria likes to eat sugar. Um, oregano kills bad bacteria. So that's Mm -hmm. a real important one to take. Um, I was always advised to separate my probiotics away from anything that could kill things, you know, at least by a few hours. So that would be, you know, in the form of a, um, uh, two to three hours or breakfast, lunch or breakfast, dinner or something like that. Uh, so olive leaf extract was very powerful for us as was oregano. Um, it was pretty wild to hear, um, from one of our doctors to take a little bit of frankincense or boswellia uh, that that was super powerful in terms of, of regulating, detoxing, reducing inflammation, Obviously, turmeric, you know, has mm-hmm. takes on a similar role. Uh, cinnamon from a fungal and from a bacterial standpoint, I had ended up uh, spending a, a semester in college um, in London, and so ended up making some some wonderful European friends. And I was talking with someone when I was first starting to learn about all this, and they said, "Well, all this stuff is well known in Australia and Europe." And I thought, "Well, I'll reach out to my girlfriends in Europe that I still keep in touch with." And uh, 
And so I, I asked them, I said, is this really true? And they said, well, everyone knows that. And I said, no, not everyone knows that at all. <laughs> so, right. Especially I, here in the United States. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I don't really understand why, but hopefully, you know, we can all start to teach each other and, and get there. Yeah, it's so important. And we think about a lot of these plants like oregano and olive leaf and things like that. See, they're under constant assault from different pathogens. And so in order to survive, these species have developed all these powerful compounds that have antimicrobial, antiviral, antibacterial, antiparasitic activity. And that's part of their survival instinct. And then when we consume it, we confer those benefits. So those benefits come into our system, support our immune system, um, they, you know, act, uh, you know, specifically on bacteria, on viruses, uh, you know, in order to help to reduce them and reduce their populations. So yeah, they can be, they can be really, really effective and they've been used for thousands of years, right? So our body knows what it's doing. And the other interesting thing about a lot of these plant-based compounds is that typically the active ingredients or the active components, it's usually a lot more than one, like plants don't just have one active component, whereas when you take a medication, although it can be very strong and in some cases very effective, it's usually one active component that's mm -hmm. been you know isolated and focused on. And that is more susceptible for, because bacteria are gonna do everything they can to survive. And so they're gonna do everything they can to start to try to adapt to it. And when it's only one active component, it's easier for them to adapt as opposed to when it's multifactorial. And especially you can also take a lot of these herbs and synergize them and, and take them together. And now you've got, you know, 10, 12, 20, 50 different active ingredients that we know about, right? And there's others that we may not even know about that are in these plants that are all acting and, uh, you know, just can create a great synergistic benefit. And I know that you've created some supplements, right? So you've, you obviously with your journey that you've gone through and partnering with some of the doctors that you worked with. Now, one of the key doctors you worked with that's in the book is a, a pediatric neurologist, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, she's been wonderful yeah. in teaching uh, me yes. and a lot of other families, you know, kind of uh, about the, the benefits. Um, and, you know, it, it was my son, frankly, that said, hey, you know, I'm tired of taking all these little things. I feel great yeah. um, and I want to keep doing it but is there any way you could put them in one or two things? And so it, it's, uh, we're about seven years in this, into this journey where, uh, yes, yes, with the help of doctors and scientists and formulators and manufacturers and 3PLs and everything else that yes, we can do this. And, uh, and so it's been, uh, it's been good that way. And, and I feel, I feel very happy that, uh, you know, I can share that with others. I had a lot of people asking, you know, I, I, I they saw the transformation and said, Hey, can I buy those off of you? And I thought, well, I'm not going to make stuff out of my house and sell them to you. But you know, once I get this professionally mm -hmm. done, then yes, absolutely. So. Yeah, for sure. And so you, uh, you go through this in your book, your, our supplement protocol. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. I know I see yeah, like I'm, B12, Megas. Yeah, no. Um, so, so there's two, two formulations that we ended up yeah. doing. One is belly great. It's, um, uh, 15 strains of probiotics that uh, we worked to make sure that they particularly address the cognitive and gut connection. That that was super important from from our standpoint. Uh, was from a mood and a focus and and just clarity. Um, and then also with that uh, probiotic, we've got a little bit of prebiotic, and then we've got a little bit of D3 and a little bit of methylfolate. Uh, methylfolate does not hurt anybody that doesn't have MTHFR, but if you do have MTHFR, it, it really helps a lot from a mood and from a clarity and focus standpoint. Um, then on the other side, we've got Mighty Might, which I've never seen anything like it in the marketplace, which is kind of how we got here. 
was I thought, look, if somebody else is doing it better, great. Um, but if they're not, then, then I'll take a stab at it. So this one is your omegas, your turmeric, your cinnamon, your olive leaf extract, your oregano, your frankincense, um, parsley, zinc. Uh, it's just really making sure that, and, and you know, there's, there's lots of wonderful, wonderful supplements out there. This is just meant to be a, a daily for the kids, making sure everything is, is set in their systems and that they're getting just a little bit more than they might not be getting normally in terms of making sure that uh, their brain, their gut, and their immune system is taken care of. So, Yep. Yep. So a lot of anti-inflammatories in there. Uh, these are a lot of these herbs, we call them carminative herbs as well, because they actually help to facilitate uh, your intestines. So they help to keep your intestines moving properly, but also they help to regulate the water balance. So if you have a child that, for example, has diarrhea or loose stools, they're going to help regulate that. Uh, all these different carminatives, oregano, cinnamon, they all work on, on, on this, sort of, um, this sort of system. And uh, if, if they are constipated, it's going to help them move more frequently. Um, and that's key because when, when waste sits in our gut, it putrefies mm. and with that putrefication creates massive amounts of endotoxins and those endotoxins absolutely affect the brain. So there's mm. that huge connection. The more endotoxins that are being released, those endotoxins are create, create more inflammation in the system, open up the blood brain barrier, trigger more inflammation in the mm. brain. And, uh, yeah, so it's easy to get bacterial overgrowth or really any sort of overgrowth when you're not moving your bowels. And so many kids are not moving their bowels well. So taking well, something like this can be really helpful. Yeah, the other thing that I would want to add is I had a lot of pediatricians tell me uh, to give them Miralax, but the more and mm. more that I learned about that is that you're stripping both the good and the bad bacteria when you do something like that. And so it's pretty harsh. And if you can do it naturally through some of these other natural botanical or probiotics, it's so much healthier for their system. Um, and then I read this really interesting article, which is uh, kind of wild, um, and and hopefully it's uh, is frankly true. And there's more science coming out about this. But you know, read that 90% of all serotonin is is created in your in your mm -hmm. gut as well. So it's going to be really interesting, I think, over the next many years to learn all the other brain functions that are actually regulated and created um, through the gut. So. Yeah, you know, they call the gut the second brain. And so it does produce these neurotransmitters. And those neurotransmitters are really critical for the overall function of the gut, right? Mm -hmm. So as far as um, the, the, the transit time, how things are moving through there, um, you know, it's all super, super important with that. I would say the main thing that that gets affected that affects our mood is inflammation. So when the inflammation in the gut goes up, you know, we know if there's inflammation in the gut, there's going to be inflammation in the brain. Now, depending on somebody's genetics, they're going to experience that differently. For some people, they don't really notice it as much, right? Not as much symptoms. They might have more symptoms in their skin, right? Or something like that. Whereas other people notice it pretty significantly. I'm, I'm one of those people where when my gut's inflamed, I have brain fog, mm -hmm. right? It's harder for me to sleep and get good quality sleep, but I feel fatigued, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I am definitely very much affected neurologically when I've got inflammation in my gut. And some people, you know, again, like you talked about, it's like, you know, this huge spark that, you know, starts a gigantic fire, right? Mm -hmm. And for some kids, you know, their, their, their condition is very much associated with this massive inflammation coming from the gut. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So super critical that, uh, that we focus in on that. So again, you've got the, the, what is it? Great belly. 
Belly great. Belly great. I got the got that flipped. But that's your probiotic. Uh-huh. And you guys looked at specific strains that impact brain function. So most likely these are bacteria that are probably eating endotoxins or, or helping eliminate bacteria and other microorganisms that um, that secrete these endotoxins that damage brain tissue, right? So, and then on top of that, these, these healthy bacteria also help produce B vitamins, right? And more activated folate and, and, and different things like that in order for your brain to be able to function, produce the neurotransmitters that it needs and things like that. So you've got the, that one. And that you said that also has methylfolate and vitamin D in it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you've got all of that in there. It's a great combination. And then you've got the mighty mite, which is basically like immune system. You know, it's all about helping balance out that immune system. So you've got olive leaf in there. You've got omegas, right? You've got phosphatidylcholine in there too, right? Serine. Serine. Okay. Phosphatidylserine, which is, which is very good for brain helps to uh, reduce and balance out cortisol levels, Mm -hmm. which is important. We have more inflammation. We typically have more stress hormone activation and uh, that can definitely cause us to not sleep as well, feel wired and tired. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and a lot of kids, they get really emotional and whiny and stuff like that because they're really wired and tired. I know I deal with it. You know, I've got a two and a half year old daughter and five year old, five year old twins. So it's like, they start getting really whiny. We're like, somebody's tired. <laughs> and yeah, phosphatidylserine can be very helpful for that, for keeping, keeping that balanced. And it's a very com- key component too, in brain tissue as well in the, uh, the actual, um, cell membrane, all of our cell membranes, uh, need components that are associated with phospholipids. So, yeah. yeah so powerful. And then you've got some other herbs in there as well. You mentioned what cinnamon in there, or some other ones? Uh, parsley, frankincense, turmeric. Yeah, when you think about infla- anti-inflammatory herbs, I mean, turmeric is, you know, probably the first thing that comes to mind. Frankincense or, you know, its other name, Boswellia, uh, you know, is, is probably number two, you know, when it comes to overall reducing inflammation. So, yeah, that's that's powerful, powerful combo. Yeah. Well, great. And so tell us about what your son is up to now. Uh, teenager. <laughs> yep. Uh, great in sports, great in school. Um, couldn't be happier. And he's just, uh, moving right along like a normal, normal guy. So very, very lucky. How old is he now? Um, so I have two teenage sons and I promised my husband that I would not, uh, although it's not that hard to figure out which one, but he is, uh, he's a well-functioning teenager. So I just won't. uh, Okay. Yeah. So obviously back when all this happened, um, you know, you probably had to pull him out of school and, uh, Uh, no, I didn't. You didn't. Uh, okay. No. So I had a lot of controversy around that. A lot of people said, you know what, uh, you should pull him out of school and homeschool him for a while. But then I had other people telling me that this could last until he was 18. And um, so we would we would sit and cuddle every night, and I'd say, Hey, how are you doing? And he's like, You know, my my head really hurts, and I'm scared about this, and scared about that. And I was like, I'm I'm gonna need you to get a good night's sleep, and I'm gonna need you to fight tomorrow. And he's like, Okay. And, Cause I just didn't know how long this was going to last. Um, it was not that I didn't want to hold him home. I was just afraid that if it was going to be till he was 18, um, I needed to create a fighter. So he is, uh, he's a spunky fighter and he takes care of his health very diligently. He doesn't actually remember. He, um, he helped me write the book and he, uh, and he helped me uh, edit the book and some parts of the book, he says, did that really happen to me? And so I'm, I'm actually kind of happy that he's blocked out certain things, yeah. but he, he remembers that he felt bad and he remembers now that he feels good. So, uh, that's the good part. 
Yeah, for sure. And also, I think I was reading in here that he wrote some sort of like um, a letter about what he wants to study in college, like what he wants his research to be on. Can you yeah. explain that more? Yeah, it's actually kind of cool. Um, it, it, a lot of it came from um, all these blood draws that he would do, which I frankly felt was important to kind of prove the science behind what was going on. I didn't want to continue doing it if it didn't make sense. So I, you know, would frankly, um, you know, with the doctor's orders, obviously pull the blood and make sure the inflammation levels were going in the right way. The viral levels, bacterial levels were going in the right mm -hmm. way. And, uh, he's like, look, there's gotta be a way that we don't have to take 12 files of blood every time I go in to get tested for all these right. different things, yeah. you know, there's got to be a way for replication. And so, uh, you know, I, He's uh, he's definitely very focused on health and wellness, and and I hope that one day he kind of helps helps somebody else figure this all out. So, so he's interested in doing research specifically on pandas and on uh, not necessarily on just pandas, but yeah, on brain inflammation. What makes your body feel good or bad? Okay, yeah, well, great. I mean, we need more specific focus on that. Anyways, you know, we really need a wellness revolution in our society. And uh, so we need more scientists out there actually doing that kind of research. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty neat. Yeah. So cool. Well, guys, again, you know, this is Pamela Worth. Her book is Hello Health. So if you're watching on video, I got it right there. Great book. You pick it up on Amazon. Um, you know, we'll have a link in the show notes for it. She's also got some great products that you can check out on her website as well. And any last words of inspiration for our audience? No, no, Dr. Jockers, thank you so much for your time. You're a truly inspiration. I love following you online as well and, um, and, and love all of your content and work. And, you know, just continue to fight and ask why. And, and if you're satisfied with your why, that's great. And if you're not satisfied, just keep on going. Oh, that's great. So, and that's what you did and you found the answers. And now your son is, uh, you know, living proof of that and a great testimony to that. So, uh, so anyways, I just want to want to acknowledge you and just being, you know, a mom that wasn't going to accept the answers that she was getting and was willing to, uh, to pursue as much knowledge and information as you could. And now you're out there helping so many other people. So thank you for that. And, uh, you know, wish you guys all the best. Obviously you can always reach out to me and, um, guys, if you're listening to the podcast, check out Pamela's website. We'll have the links in the show notes and we'll see you guys on a future podcast. Be blessed everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on, or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.